Hi, I'm Molly. And I'm Robin. And this is Home is Where the Murder Is. How's it going, Molly? Oh, pretty good. How are you doing? Never better. That's probably a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But what a week we've had, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Do not... Do you not know? You look confused. Yeah, we've had. Oh, you mean with the show? I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about like my like regular life. I'm like, I don't know. It was okay, I guess. <laughs> Your regular life. Yeah. No, that's that's not as exciting as our show taking off the way it did. Yeah, it's been really cool to see the different countries that were being listened to. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, and yeah, we are growing in the United States. Um, and we wanted to talk a little bit about that before we get into murder. The case of the day, yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we are very thankful because we have a lot of new followers and new listeners. And we're finally seeing some realtors come out of the woodwork that want to be partners with us, which is great. Yeah. So we thought we'd take a quick moment just to tell people that that is kind of a main goal of ours was to have partners throughout the United States to help us with these cases because as realtors we can only look up so much based on the systems that we have in each state yep and we would love to partner with people in other states and even other countries that are able to look up in those situations sure is that the word sure that's a good one um for those um cases that we do It'd be nice to be able to have some insight from local realtors in those areas. Yeah. And so you would know more about, obviously, the neighborhood and everything like that. Um, yeah. And so any realtors that are interested in joining our referral network, we also um, will refer business out your way once we get it. Um, yeah. We, you know, will give you an advertised space on that show. So if you're interested in helping us out and being a part of our show, we'd love to have you. Just reach out to us either at our Facebook page, which is Home is Where the Murder Is, or you can email us at Home is Where the Murder Mur- Golly gee. Home is Where the Murder Is at <laughs> gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram as well. I yeah. believe that. Yeah. I need to get working on the Instagram a little you know, more. But also, too, like maybe you're not a realtor, but maybe like one of your friends is. And you can be like, hey, there's this really cool show I'm listening to. And they're looking for people to have referrals and talk to in the area. So, I mean, maybe you, you know, your cousin would oh, love yeah. to be a part of this. And we would love a cousin to be a part of this. It'd be something. It sure would be. Yeah. Yeah. But besides that, we're also super thankful for everyone that is listening to us. Yeah, because, thank you. Wow, you guys are amazing. We yeah. have we have really grown and um it's 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 becoming intense like i almost feel like we have to record almost every day to keep up with the demand because i'm getting phone calls from people that want more than one episode a week and i'm like i can't yeah we have a lot of other things going on too unfortunately yeah like children and work yeah and more work and yeah. Yeah. So if if you are if you are enjoying this, you know, you, you can definitely sponsor the show and uh, we, we will list those air- ways of doing that on our Facebook page. So just keep tabs on that and um, yeah. yeah, and keep keep telling your friends about us, invite them to the group, you know, whatever, you yeah. know, you need to do to keep helping us out. We really appreciate it cuz this yeah. is just kind of a fun you know, thing that we're doing on the side of life yeah, right we're, now, basically. We're in a blanket for Like, this we're is legit fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
I say fun as we talk about murder, but you know, different. I mean, we love true crime. You love yeah. true crime. We're all here for the same reason. So we don't think that true crime is fun. We think that it's interesting and it's fascinating to learn about the different cases and how they were investigated and all of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So yeah, very interesting stuff. So yeah. that is my spiel on where we are at with the show. And yeah, I think that's all I got. Yeah. Uh, get into it. You got another long yeah. one, don't you? I do have a long one. <sighs> um, yeah. Get my tea. Yep. yep. Get your tea. Buckle up. So, I mean, spoiler alert, it's a murder, right? <laughs> um, so it's the murder of Jill Halliburton Sue and the story of Deontay Rizillas. I know this episode. Yep. When I started talking about this, Robin was like, ooh, I've watched I- something yeah you guys I frantically went through all my notes I'm like I've already done this case I know everything about it no it's that I saw it on can I say it on yeah I I saw it on Dateline so um I didn't know if you if that was giving something away so oh gosh um yeah and I saw it with my friends Natalie yeah Yeah. oh it was Natalie and Steve so every time I go up to Mosinee we Mosinee for those of you that don't know Mosinee is way up north and in Wisconsin and it's it's just a small little town. I don't think they even have a gas station. Anyway, but we watched we watched Dateline every time I go up there. And we watched this episode. And we were uh, talking about it into the wee hours of the morning. So yeah. it's a good one. Buckle up. I'm ready. Okay. Well, let's get into it. So if you know anything about Florida, there's some pretty weird and strange cases that come out of Florida. Isn't kind there of, like a whole website for Yeah, that? I think there okay. really is. So... This has been called, like, one of the weirdest cases in Florida's history, which for Florida, that's kind of saying a lot, I think. Um, So this case has to do with the unfortunate murder of Jill, who was an oil heiress, Um, a break-in, knives, a botched DNA testing lab, prison escapes, and a guy nicknamed Moochie. Oof, duh. So that's just some little tidbits from throughout the the, um, story here. So Okay, let's do it. Jill Halliburton Sue was the grandniece of the founder of the Halliburton Oil Empire. So she had some money in her family. If you're part of an oil empire, you're doing pretty good. Um, she met her husband, Nanyo, Nanyo, in Japan when she was over there in her junior year abroad. Um, his family had relocated to Japan from Taiwan. Jill graduated from Michigan State University with a master's degree and then traveled with Nanyu to Hawaii, where he was in a Ph.D. program. After Hawaii, they moved to Florida and started their family there in the early 1990s. So um, he was actually offered a faculty position at the university. Then they had two children, Amanda, and then three years later, they had Justin. Um... While he was working, Jill stayed home with the two kids, which she loved to do. She, by all accounts, she was a great mother. She loved being home with the kids, and she loved to volunteer her time as well. Um, She would go and be a reader for the visually impaired, and she logged over a 1,000 hours over her nine-year span of doing that. So that's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, But her husband, Nanyo, was also independently wealthy, um, just like Jill. So... They had a lot of money between both of them. So they each had money. So it's not like, I don't, I'm just saying that just for a little base here. Um, he was actually an internationally recognized termite expert, which <laughs> that's a thing. Pretty neat. I don't mean to laugh. I'm, 
I, I mean, was rude of me. I'm sorry. How dare you? I know. I'm sorry. But it's just I did not <laughs> see that coming. You didn't think I was going to say that? Like international, you know, house of pancakes, international well, ping you've pong never champion. heard international termite expert. That's probably in a sentence before. where you got me. So, so. Um, he actually invented a termite management system that was manufactured by Dow Chemical, and it's the system that is basically used everywhere for termites. So, well, look at that. Yeah, so it was a pretty important thing that he uh, helped get going. Okay. So, the family lived in the town of Davie, which is around 25 miles north of Miami in Florida, in a gated community. In August of 2014, Jill and Anyo went to on a two week trip to Malaysia, actually, and they left their son, Justin. Um, who was 20 at the time, at home by himself because he was still at home. Um, they did just have a video surveillance system for the house um, that was only installed a short time before they left on the trip. So they were gone. Um, they had a 30-day free trial going on. So just remember that that little thing becomes important. So they got home on September 7th, 2014, which was a Sunday. And on Monday the 8th, is when Jill was murdered. Ooh, wasted no time. No. So they had just gotten home from their trip. Uh, so that morning, on that Monday, Justin left the house around 9 a.m. to go to college, and um, Nanyu went to work around 11.30 a.m., which is kind of late. I mean, I, hey, you do you, right? I was going to say, I'm like, if we're playing that game. Yeah. I mean, he works at, you know, yeah, at university, going to work, whatever. Um, their daughter didn't live at home, um, so Jill was home alone after, you know, her husband had left for work. Sometime later, um, Nanyu decided to check the live video feed of the house on his phone when he got to work, which is something that he was becoming accustomed to doing because of, you know, you get a new thing installed, right? You just mm-hmm. kind of keep checking it. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he saw something he wasn't expecting. There appeared to be a strange man inside his house. He called Justin right away, thinking that it was probably him, you know, doing some kind of a joke. But Justin had no idea what his father was talking about, and it became very clear that the person that he was seeing was someone that had broken into their house. So that would be pretty scary to see. Uh, yeah, it's literally one of my fears because yeah. I have cameras in my house, and every now and then it'll the my phone will go off saying that there's um, something detected. But it's usually CC. Yeah, my cat. I have a cat. She knocks. Not usually. It always is. She gets right up into the camera, and then you see her paw just knock it onto the ground. And I'm like, "That's cool, thanks, pal." You're like, "I wish I didn't see that." Yeah, it's funny because it's like I'd rather see that than someone walking through my home, but I'm still gonna bitch about it. Right. Right. Good. Obviously. Good. Yeah. So, um, then after the phone call, Justin drove back home to go check on his mother. He got back to the the house at 12.37, so around an hour after his father had left to go to work. When Justin entered the house, he felt something wrong. It wasn't like how he had left it. He went through the master bedroom looking for his mother and unfortunately found her in the bathroom, in the bathtub, face down, bound, bleeding, and not responsive. So and she was in water as well. Okay. Justin did what any of us would probably do. He grabbed his mother out of the tub and tried to, you know, any life-saving measure, you know, probably shake her, try to see if she's still with him, you know, and and including CPR, and then called 911. 
At first, he told the dispatcher that his mother had committed suicide by stabbing herself and throwing herself into the bathtub. Now, just... My face says, huh? So, this is where questions start arising for me. He went back to the house because his father said that he saw someone in the house. So, why would he say that his mother committed suicide and she was also bound in the tub. How would that even happen? Now, granted, who knows what any one of us would do in one of those situations, what we would say, you know, our reaction. But I I don't even know why the thought of suicide would come to his mind. No, it doesn't make any sense. And you're a lot nicer than I am and the whole like, you know, every I know everyone, you know, that's we, our we thing. Don't know how. So- yeah. If you guys haven't caught on to that already, she's the nice one in this group. Sugar, sugar and, and spice. spice. <laughs> Seven <laughs> things. Less, so. um, but like what bothers me about it, too, is they that we're supposed to be, you know, oh, well, everyone has a reaction to something differently. But also there's common sense. Right. I just oh, feel like this is a weird thing to I'm me. This also, raises a flag. I don't know. And I don't know about you guys, but if I saw a weird person walking on my camera in my home, I'd be calling the cops. I wouldn't just be walking over there to be yeah. like, do, 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 do. Right. Like, I, it very just, good point that, as well. Up to this point, that right there is a red flag for me. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, like I said, this is where I start wondering, like, it it just seems strange. Again, though, like, I'm saying, you know, maybe he just wasn't thinking clearly in the moment. We'll We'll go with that for now. And I will tell you this. In the dateline that I watched, that's what he says. Yeah. He 100% says, he's like, I don't remember why I said that, but that's just what initially I thought. Right. Based off of what I saw. So, I've heard it come out of his own mouth, but... Yeah, I know. Whatever. So it's very weird, though. Yeah. Um. Eventually, um, Nanyo r- arrived home, and the responders were already there, but they had stopped at that point trying to revive Jill because she was gone. She had suffered 26 stab wounds. Golly gee. So 26 stab wounds. Like, that That's is a lot. angry. That's angry, and something like that is us- usually personal. Personal. It's not usually a random thing. No. Like a random, like, you know, someone coming into the house that doesn't know the person. Listen, we've done our murder research. We've listened to a lot of cases. We know that's a personal attack. Right. So the police started to investigate the home. It was found to show many signs of break-in. There were jewelry boxes in in the master bedroom that were gone through and kind of all thrown around. The dresser drawers were open with clothes kind of like pulled out, you know, kind of messed up. Like they were going through there looking for something. You know, some people keep cash in their drawers, right? Things like that. Um, They also found damage to a closet where the the alarm had been pulled from the wall. And then that alarm was then found in the tub that Jill was in. So that's interesting. Near the master bedroom, the patio door had been broken and glass was all over. And this is where it's believed that the intruder entered the home, especially since the front door to the house was still locked. Strangely, though, there was a knife found right outside of the front door on the ground. So which is interesting, the front door is where the knife was found. But that door was locked. Another Mm. weird thing, right? Um, There was also a green belt that they found in the foyer. So like right in the entry. Um, Jill had been found bound with electrical wire, 
Maybe the wire from the uh, alarm system that was pulled from the wall, question mark. I'm not really sure. That's just kind of what I thought. So this belt is thought to have been maybe used to restrain her at some point during the break-in. There were also marks on the ground, wall, blood on a pillow in the master bedroom. So this is kind of a thought where the struggle may have happened. They also found in the bottom of the bathtub a second knife. This knife was very distinct and different from the one found outside the front door. This, they thought maybe this could have suggested that two people were in on this, you know, two knives, you know, kind of different knives. Um, the stab wounds that were found on Jill were done while she was in the bathtub to her back, but she also had some defensive wounds on her arms and legs. Ugh. So she was trying to fight them off, but, you know, the main stabbing yeah. was done while she was in the bathtub. Um... A burglary was quickly ruled out as it was just the master bedroom that saw any sort of signs of what had been looked through, though. So they so, were thinking, like, mm, this is a little bit weird. It doesn't seem like a break-in because only one okay, room was looked so through. So wait a second about that. My question to that is, maybe he got spooked while yep. in the master bedroom and he killed her and then freaked out and took off. Right. How absolutely. How out a burglary? How and I mean, and then, of- but then they do decide that it was like a break. Okay. So I mean, you know, they like kind of, they were kind of going back and forth because, you know, a lot of things weren't really lining up with this. Right. So yeah. I think that they were just kind of grasping at straws. Right. Yeah. So, um, but it was weird that the rest of the house was pretty much untouched and exactly has, had been when, you know, everyone else had left for the day. Uh, as you said, my only thought here was, as I was listening and reading about this, was maybe the person got caught rather quickly since Jill was still home and they didn't know that. And then the struggle and murder occurred and then they left right after that because they were yeah, scared. Yeah, because one thing is this happened very quickly after her husband got Left to, for the day. Right. So it's very possible that someone was casing the house and saw someone leave and assumed that everybody had right, left the house Right, because Justin had left that day yep. and then he had left, yep. the husband had left too. So he thought everyone's gone maybe. Yep, may, very possible. Yep. Or maybe they thought they could take the, the, the woman. Who knows? Or just tie her up and then yep. do what they needed to do. do but and, if maybe she fought back and yep. things escalated. Ooh, so no, I wasn't there. It's hard to say. No, I know. We weren't a fly on the wall. So, both Justin and Nan Yu were brought in for questioning. When Nan Yu was questioned and spoke to police, he explained that he had seen someone on the home surveillance system and that the person maybe had a mask on and that he seemed young, thin, and white. Nan Yu had thought that maybe the intruder was just a prank that Justin was pulling on him since he knew his father had been checking in on the camera and watching it. So, um, but Justin had, in fact, told him that the person in the home had nothing to do with him. When Justin was questioned, he told police that he would sometimes put a cup in front of where the cameras were to block the video since he knew his father was checking in when he was having parties um, so that his parents wouldn't see. So, like, when they were on their trip, he did that a few times. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, no. Um, whoops. Whoops a day. Sorry, everybody. Slipped right, slipped right out there. It's funny, too, because we're in this fort, and when I have to cough, I have to try to get away from my mic as soon as possible, but there's nowhere to go. You can't go anywhere. So, sorry, everyone. I'm sorry, Molly. Continue. Oh, well, you know what? There were also two cameras that had been unplugged. Oh. So, it seems as though this must have been someone who knew about the new security system. 
Remember, they didn't have this for too long. It was still very new. Okay. So it's kind of weird that this person knew exactly where everything, yeah. you know, was in their home. Very interesting. So um, when they asked who would, uh, would have known about the new security system, Nanyu answered his son, and that's about it. They hadn't had people over or told other people about it. He also told police that they didn't have many valuables in the home either. Nanyu further told police that when he asked if he or his family had been enemies of anyone or if anyone anything like this had happened before with people breaking into their home, he answered no and that they had lived in their home for 14 years and no one had ever tried to break into it. So while talking to police, he also told them that Justin had lived out of their home for two years and had just recently moved back that May. Okay. The two years that Justin was living away from their house, he was studying at Stetson University in Central Florida. Then he was on academic probation, so he dropped out and moved back home. And while he was back home, he was taking classes at the community college, um, and academics were very important to his parents. And him dropping out and having to move back and going to a community college really put a strain in their relationship. Remember, his father's like this, like, you know, very super intelligent guy invent he's a termite expert for goodness sakes right i mean i what would you expect of your son (laughs) i mean right yes i mean if you imagine the conversations there son i am a termite expert maybe maybe carpenter ants would be a good field for him that would be great if only right (laughs) um so his father also didn't like him to have friends over during the week because that time is what he should be giving to his studies. That time should be devoted to school, basically. He actually called him while they were in Malaysia and because um, he had saw that there was movement going on back home and he told Justin that he needed to get his friends out of there. And then Justin texted back saying that he was sorry and that it wouldn't happen again. So there was definitely... An interesting relationship, I think, going on there. Yeah. His father expected, you know, a lot of him academically, you know, just. But then why would, if that's a problem, why wouldn't he kill him? Why would he kill his mom? Right, 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 right. So. That's just my, yeah, I don't know. Right. I don't know what Justin was thinking. But you, but that's a tough age, too. I mean, we've. 20. Done, we, yeah. We've done cases. So he's like 20. It's like yeah. you're, you're an adult, right? You're an so adult, like, but you're You don't want to be told what to do. Yeah. So. It's, um, this is why I don't want to have an, any money when my son gets older, because if I have no money, he won't want to stay home because I won't be able to provide anything. And the way that we like to thrift and go to boutiques, we will not have any money. That's <laughs> <is> so true. <laughs> We're making sure of that. Sorry, Logan We're Fletcher the only people on earth that could go to thrift stores and go broke. I swear to God. There's some good deals, you guys. I need a storage unit. Yeah. yeah don't you have one? No. I don't. No. You do. Well, my dad does. Oh, okay. I have stuff in Your there. Your stuff's in it. Yeah, of course. Sorry, we just went off on a tangent. My husband is a hoarder, so I need to, oh have, my gosh, I you need guys. to put things somewhere. That is a, we'll have to talk about that sometime. Yeah. Not in the middle of a case. Right. You guys. We have, we've gone off the tracks. We should just do an episode on Matt one of these days. No. Buckle up is what I would say. Do you guys have eight hours? No. Right. no. no. We love him. He's joking. the best. We're just testing to see if he listens to this. He doesn't. <laughs> Honey, if you listen to this, tell me that the flamingos fly at dawn. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I 
I don't know. Most random shit. Oh, it's random. He'll never say that phrase to me ever. I even on accident, unless he hears this. Where did you even come up with that just now? My mind does weird things. I don't know. <laughs> so we'll find out. Anyway. We'll keep you updated, everyone. Ooh. So back to our story. Um, knowing this and knowing that Justin was the first person on the scene, investigators were first looking at Justin as the suspect, you know, as you probably would in this situation. One thing that the police noticed is that when they arrived at the home, Justin was spotless and clean from the waist down, meaning that he would have had to change after pulling his mother from the tub, which I get maybe, you know, you're, you're dripping wet. You have your mom's blood on you. Like maybe you go change. I, you know, I don't really... Again, there's that common sense. I can't imagine. Like, I know. And that's the thing. Like, wouldn't you be also just devastated? Like, I mean. And a wreck and not able to move. Like, why would you be like, I'm going to go to my room and change? My grandma passed away from natural causes in her sleep with me sitting right next to her. I couldn't think of anything else but being with her. I can't even imagine if I were to see someone I love murdered and laying there and in the total shock and everything that my next thought would be, oh, I should go and clean my clothes off, like get different clothes on. What? No. Right. But again, I mean, I'm just full of common sense, I guess, in some aspects. Otherwise, I sound like a complete moron, I know. No. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. Right. Okay. So another big thing about this all both knives that were found were Justin's. I knew this already, but I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. So actually, um, he collected knives. And the one that was found in the tub with his mother was actually a gift from Jill to him. So he had gotten that knife from his mother. Uh, Justin also Ooh. told lies, including saying he was in class that morning, when in fact he was not in class. He was actually sleeping in his car at the school um, parking lot. But or school garage, but he'd actually never gone into class that day. He also told investigators during the questioning that when he got home to check on his mother, first he went to his room to put down his keys and wallet and then noticed that the drawer for his knife collection was open. So this is another thing. You get home because your dad's like, there's someone in the house. Go check on your mom. The first thing you do is go to your room to check to put down your wallet and keys. No. No, that's weird to me. That's another flag. I have to cough again. She has to cough. (coughs) I am so sorry. Wow, I don't know if we'll ever get through this. Sure is good that you're not reading tonight. I'm so sorry, everyone. No, it's fine. Okay, so yeah, I think that's bullshit. Yeah. Again, Again, and and investigators found it strange that he would first go to his room before going to check on his mother. Like, there's someone weird in your house. Yes. But also, why didn't you just call the cops? Why would you send your 20-year-old son? Or why wouldn't you go there yourself if you were so worried? Right. There's so many things to me. I'm like, what? What? Are you kidding me? But, and like, if he was supposed to be in class, why would his dad be like, go check on your mom? I mean, maybe his classes were, would have been ending at that time. I'm not sure. It's just weird. So... Um, Justin was questioned for about 10 hours and held for 13. So that's a long time being questioned. um, I suggest everyone watch the Dateline because they have the interview in there. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie. And not even the – yeah, I I watched an Oxygen episode and they showed him. He's very triggered, which I think Mm -hmm. one would be. But he – again – 
he wasn't found, you know, whatever. But I, I, he just seems like someone that he, it almost seems like he's trying to hide things a lot. And he just, he kind of seems like a loose cannon. Yes. A loose cannon is the exact way I would describe him in the interviews as well. Yep. My issue with it all was the fact that he was distraught in the interview, but then you put go back to the crime scene and the changing of the pants and and things yeah. like it, it just makes me weirded out almost like okay you're super upset here now but then you thought your mom committed suicide and you're on this yep. phone tape and then you changed your clothes like you seem pretty calm here but now you're not I, again it could be shock it could be how someone responds to something but I don't know. It just looks weird. It does. But I it, mean, yeah, you should definitely look up and just see a little bit yeah. of the some footage of this yeah. interview. I will say this on. though: what did kind of tug at my heartstrings though was that his dad could hear him screaming and crying in the interviews. Yeah, and that as a parent, it just that it's a lot. That's awful. I mean, and again, there had been a lot going on. Yeah, that was. I a, mean, there was a lot. But. There was a lot going on, but. And cops tried the whole, like, good cop, bad cop thing Mm -hmm. for the first six hours. They were very accommodating, listening to him, trying to be almost kind and show him some sympathy since he had been through so much. But then they got a little bit more direct after that. They started pushing the theory that Justin had staged the entire thing and killed his mother. The entire time, Justin maintained that he had nothing to do with his mother's death. Um... They kept on accusing them, saying, you know, we know that you killed your mom. We know that. We're going to see it. We're going to find out. And, I mean, he was screaming at them, saying, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I love my mom. Why would I kill her? Which makes you wonder, shoot, maybe he didn't. And then you feel bad that the cops are doing this. And I even put in here, like, I felt like the investigators were very harsh on him. Oh, yeah. I agree. Which, I mean, they didn't have any, like, clear leads that it would be him he had just walked into his mother being murdered like it was a lot and he had been already questioned for over six hours at that time so I mean mentally you're just exhausted I would Mm. think too so I think that you're more likely to be you know to snap I mean you're just it's like you're pulling on a rubber band yep constantly and then all of a sudden it's just gonna break well, yeah, so, and, and but I get what they yeah. were trying to do too. They were trying it's, to get him to admit to something yeah. if he did do something. It's a so double it's edged sword. It really is because that's you why know, we let the experts, you know, yeah. or experts or the yeah. professionals well, do what yeah. they do. I, but and, and I'm no yeah. detective, no. You know, and I we just, have friends we just that play are, one on TV. Great. Oh God, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I will never say sit here and tell you how they should do their job. Absolutely by any means, not. Because I've never done it, and I don't know what all goes into it. But I can see it from both sides where they just want to find out right away who did it. They have a yeah. They have even having an inclination that some that this kid might. Well, have and they were to do things that were off about yeah. his whole right exactly. Story so I can see why they so did it. Weird, yeah. And you can see him getting frustrated. Like I get it from both sides. Like yep. then also, and then afterwards, um, you wonder, crap, did I just do all this horrible, mean interrogation stuff to an innocent? guy who just lost his mom right you don't know and that's why it's i think the toughest job in the world because right you never know if you're doing the right thing or not and like you said before like it it does really seem like he loved his mom and it seemed like his relationship was Mm -hmm. more strained with his father 
Um, just like, you know, pressure. Yeah. I think he felt a lot of pressure from his father. Yeah. And Justin kept saying that he loved his mom, that she was the glue for the family. He couldn't see just living with his father because he was so strict, that he needed his mother in his life and still did. He also told investigators he was expecting an apology when they found out who actually did it, and they were wrong about him. Yes, I remember that too. So. Yep. So. Oh, and yep. he doesn't get his apology. So. You don't say that, do you? Um. Don't say that. It's in the Dateline. Watch the Dateline, you guys. It's so good. Yeah. So a week and a half later, Justin was actually cleared as a suspect. DNA results had come back from the knives and the green belt and actually showed a different match. It was a different 20-year-old man named Deontay Mucci Rosiles. He lived around 20 miles away and had quite the criminal history. He would go to nearby upscale communities, break in, and steal valuables. He would kind of case the area, and he would actually rent um, really nice vehicles so it looked like he belonged in the area, and then he would go and break in so that it didn't look suspicious, right? Don't be suspicious. He wasn't. Okay. Because he did it a lot. I thought you were going to go with that with me, but okay. No, it's too late. You missed it. It's fine. (laughs) Um, And, um, but no one (gasps) in the... I just realized you did that to me on like one of my episodes, and I, I just, absolutely yeah, and you didn't, and I did catch it, on. and now I oh, that's oh, that's funny. I knew what you were doing, but I don't think you actually like it. Didn't register when I did it to you. I knew what you were doing. So, yeah, just so you know. Oh, okay, I, cool. I caught what you were wafting at me. Fine, you know what? Just finish your story. So fine, get here we go. <laughs> no one in the Sioux family had any connections to Deontay, yet his DNA was found at their home. Weird. His DNA was found in three places in the house, touch DNA from cells or sweat, um, at the point of entry on the lower part of the glass door, the knife at the front door, and the belt used to tie her up. So only found at the point of entry or outside the house. Not really found in the house or in the bathroom at all. Weird. That's weird to me. Not saying that he couldn't have put gloves on or anything. Planted evidence. Who knows? Not saying he couldn't have worn gloves, but like, how how would have nothing? Like, if it, she had defensive wounds, remember? So but she was fighting back. Even if the evidence was found outside, how did the DNA get on the evidence? Yeah, uh, yeah. If he had gloves and stuff, you mean? Just in general, I mean, like, how? Why is his DNA on these knives? Why is his well, DNA- it could be cell DNA from cells or sweat, so he could have been sweating. But death. why? Yeah. Why was he there with those things? Right. See, this kind of looks like a smoking gun to me because why Why is his DNA at a house he has no connections to and why is his DNA on knives from inside that home? Right. And he had actually broken into homes not far from that home before, but, you know... So investigators' okay. new theory is that he broke into the home but found Jill there and then killed her so that she wouldn't be able to identify him. Yes. So growing up, Deontay was a great student. He loved to read and he was adored by teachers. He was given the nickname Moochie because he loved to eat. Don't we all? Uh, yeah. What did we, what did we learn BFF stands oh, for today? Fletcher, my son. He um, I, We overheard him talking to Keaton in the other room, my other son. And he was talking about, you know, BFF means best fat friends. Best. No, big fat friends. Is it big fat friends? Yeah, we're big fat big friends. Big fat friends. Yeah. 
So not best fr- he's like it's not best friends forever it's big fat friends and so. molly and i are looking at each other we're i'm like, like well everything we've given everyone yeah. each other um means the a neck- little, something all those different necklaces now. from claire's yep. that said bff on it apparently big we fat friend big fat friend so i'm like i don't know where he got that because that's false but it was but. just funny that was a conversation and keaton mm-hmm. just kind of went along with it so so now keaton's gonna so be now, like yeah now keaton's gonna tell everyone that so that's so that's what it if means, you hear you guys. it, if you hear it someday, know where it originated yep. from. Thank you, Fletcher. Yep. Um, Sorry, eating Moochie. Mm. Moochie, he loved to eat. By the time he became a teenager, he started getting in trouble. He complained that school was too easy for him, so he skipped it and spent time with the wrong crowd. So this, he was a really smart guy. Like he liked school, you know, as he was younger. But you know, as you get older, teenage years, you just start to, if you get in with the wrong people, you can, you know. Yeah, I ended up with you. I know. Look at us now. Thank your lucky stars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. By the age of 18, he had eight juvenile arrests, mostly for burglary, though. So he did like to uh, steal things. He didn't have any history of violence, however. To commit his, his crimes, like I said, he would rent expensive cars and then also wear disguises. One time he broke into a home and there were people there. And he didn't escalate or turn violent. He instead just left the house. So he had broken into a house before and found someone in the house. So that's just something to keep in mind, too. Yeah, but there's also been murderers, serial killers who have let victims go. Yeah. People change. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Deontay was well-loved around his neighborhood. And in what I watched and read, he was kind of a Robin Hood character of the neighborhood. So after he would go and steal from the rich... He would use that money to help out people in his neighborhood. He would pay back rent for people, their energy bills, and even one time spent over $1,000 on diapers and food trips for struggling single mothers in his area. Um, Do you know if he would have just stayed in school and got a good job, he could have done all that stuff to still help his community? Definitely. Okay. I I mean, I just, I, I say this just to point out, like, I'm not saying that he didn't do bad things. He obviously did bad things, but it also seemed like he had some kind of decency in him in a way too where he was trying to help out people yeah not going about it in the right way by any means i feel like he thought that his heart was in the right place um but stealing from others to give to others isn't really a great way to go about it no it's just you know it's pun it's his way of punishing people for their success right and rewarding people for not their success right it's not right like we all have our we all have to keep working oh yeah i mean again i'm not saying i'm not like saying hey I'm good telling job this to him moochie yeah you gotta get out there and work we all gotta work okay some days you're gonna have some monies and some days you're not i've been Most rich i've been poor i'm in between sometimes i i don't answer my phone because it could be my credit card company i don't know but you know what i work I create a podcast where I ramble about things when Molly's trying to finish her stories. Right. That's what happens. Sorry. <laughs> that was my way of saying um, I'm sorry and I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> you just keep going, though. Um, so, But when he was arrested for Jill's murder, he was also expecting a baby with someone, too. So he was going to be a father. When investigators were questioning him, they told him what he was going to be charged with, first-degree murder, and he looked shocked and questioned what for. There's also footage of this happening. And he does seem, like, very, like, what? Like, I mean, as you would be if someone's like, hey, we're arresting you for murder, you'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, 
kind of shocked. It, it doesn't seem like he was expecting that's what they were going to say. But, I mean, who would expect that probably, even if you did it, right? Um, everyone that knew him didn't believe that he would even be capable of what he was accused of. In Florida, Florida had the death sentence. So he, um, if convicted of Jill's murder, he could potentially receive that. His defense was hopeful that a pretrial hearing to remove the death penalty as an option would be successful. Uh, two years later, though, he was still locked up and had missed his daughter's birth and her life up until that point. It was at this time that he decided that he had to take his life into his own hands and started to plan how he would escape from prison, which, you know, this is where things start to really be like, okay, come on, buddy. Like, if you're really innocent, I get like wanting to get out of prison, but you're always, I mean, you don't, you don't do that. This isn't isn't what you do. Come on. Yeah. You know, I think this is like our third character. Oh my God. They're not characters. Third person that has escaped from jail since we started doing this. Yeah. It's a a common thing, I guess. Yeah. I I, I never realized it this much, but I think that's, yeah, Lori Van Benick and then Tommy Arthur and now this guy. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So, he was in contact with um, different people um, that would help him kind of plan this out. So on July 15th, 2016, as he entered the pretrial hearing, he was able to unlock, unlock his shackles and take off his prison clothes and run for an exit that was on a side stairwell. No one noticed him like running out of there until like all of a sudden they were looking and he wasn't there. It's kind of there's surveillance footage of him that you can see one bailiff running all of a sudden he just runs out of the screen because he realizes that Deontay isn't there anymore. Um, there was a car waiting for him nearby and then he was gone. Deontay had made calls and then those people made calls when he was still on the phone, kind of like a three way calling thing. So he was able to talk to individuals that. The jailhouse monitors, I guess, did not catch exactly and didn't really hear his plan to escape. It took them hours, though, to figure out that there's that he still hadn't left the building. So which is interesting to me, like they they looked around the building for longer than they should have when he was already gone. Like, of course, he wouldn't still be in the building. Yeah. So he was gone. Um They made sure that the people that were helping him out made sure that there was a change of clothing waiting for him um, and that there would be somewhere to pick him up. He had two cousins in the in the um, courthouse with him that day at that hearing. Um, Creighton and Trayvon were there and they were kind of the lookouts and texted when it was time to come and get him. So as soon as he ran out, they were like, "Okay, he's on his way out. an inmate, Walter Walter Hart, had been the one to help him loosen his shackles with a key that Deontay was able to get from a jail guard who was also an accomplice. Oh, golly gee! So you better believe that he was uh, fired or resigned. You, you know what? You can't you can't give keys well, to people. Didn't they all end up getting jail time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. Okay, I yeah. Say. Yeah. I'm saying like you know they let him go or right. You know how that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, they let him go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reward to find Deontay went all the way up to $50,000. There were even some rumors that he actually made it to Haiti. Um, his neighbors <laughs> well, all loved him. Remember, all his neighbors loved him. Remember, because yeah, he was stealing stuff for yes. them. Of course so they loved him. They refused to cooperate and help the police. Many people told police that they wouldn't tell him where he was, even if they did know for the money. And then some people were even calling in fake tips to lead police officers down the wrong path. 
Wow, shocking. So, yeah. Finally, police did get a tip that did help track him down, and he was in West Palm Beach, where he was staying at a day's end. SWAT teams went in, and Deontay surrendered without a struggle. He didn't, you know, put up a fight. He just laid down, and he was arrested, and um, he was still proclaiming his innocence, and then there was a whole um, hashtag justice for Moochie movement kind of thing began. Like, there was... A lot of stuff going on. So more charges were obviously added once he was captured and he wasn't allowed to talk to anyone outside of the courthouse other than his lawyer anymore. Then a jail officer reported that Deontay was trying to bribe him in a letter to get him a cell phone. They decided to go ahead and give him that phone, but it was wired. Over the next few months, um, the Broward County Sheriff's Office, along with the FBI, tracked 1,200 phone calls and texts from the phone. When that was revealed, Deontay had nine people who would be willing to help him out and give false evidence and fake an alibi. Wow. So this is where I'm like, you know, I'm like, I don't know if he did. I'm like, oh, gosh, all of this is pretty damning. Yeah. So, but there's, I mean, but when you look at the evidence of a lot of things, there's still a lot of questions. So late 2021, so we're already, wow. so it took a while, um, a trial began. The defense team tried to point the finger at Justin and also that more attention should have been made towards um, Nanyu. Then Nanyu took the stand and what he said was slightly different from the statement he had made at the police station the day his wife was murdered. All of a sudden, the statement of it being a, th- a thin white man changed that he couldn't be sure what he saw. Which I don't think with time you remember things more clearly. I feel like... It gets worse, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, I I, I don't... don't But, you know, also, again, you're in a panic. You're in the heat and, you know, just kind of like... I I don't know. Your adrenaline's going. Maybe you're just saying and talking. But still, it's interesting that his story changed. You know, what was this? Well, I didn't even do the math. You know, seven years later. So, um... Hmm. And remember, they had that 30-day trial of that new security system, so the footage hadn't been saved, and it was completely gone, unfortunately. Strangely enough, that 30-day free trial ended right around the same time that Jill was murdered. That's an interesting coincidence, I feel. Yeah, that's something. I mean, who would have known that that footage wouldn't have been saved? That could just be a coincidence. It could be, but I also think it's interesting that they had... 14 years, they never put in a security system. And then about 30-ish days before jail gets murdered, they put one in. It's it's just interesting. A coincidence. But I'm just saying, it's just just interesting. I'm still hooked on the DNA. I know. Um, And you said that both him and his son were frantic and overcome with emotions that day that they found Jill. A few people on the scene that day also further confirmed that Justin was very distraught. Nanyu and Justin were in total panic and shaking, which, I mean, not yeah. I, I want to say good, like, you know what I mean, like you want, good, good. You Jeez. should be, but I mean, no. but really, like the way that I feel like the way that Justin was acting right away, like saying that his mother committed suicide, and then like he went and changed and put down. You know what I mean? Like some of that yeah. was a little questionable, but. You know, having other people say, yeah, they were they were totally a mess, you know, like that for some reason that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, yeah, that he wasn't just I don't know, not 
obviously. Molly's happy that emotions. you were sad. <laughs> very happy that you were very, very upset. Um, there was no video evidence, so they had to try to get eyewitness testimony. A neighbor said that they had seen someone who appeared to be pushing something heavy through the front door of the house. The neighbor couldn't tell what it was and couldn't say if the person was black or white or if it, they had another person with them. Looking back at more evidence from that day, the video that was taken at the gate never showed Deontay. So they did, you know, it was a gated community, so they did have some video surveillance. And there was, in that gate, you know, there was never, you know, they never saw him on the video surveillance. But that doesn't mean that's where he entered, right? So. Right. But again, you know, that's just another I thing mean, to I bring up. I see him walking through the. Through the, the gate and like waving like, at the hey, camera. Hey, I'm going to come here and rob hey, you guys. I'm coming now. Yeah. The defense said that this was also lacking motive. Um, he hadn't been violent before, and if his whole reason for being there had been to steal, why was the attack on Jill so obviously aggressive and over the top? 26 stabs is a lot for someone who had never been violent in the past and didn't have a motive to stab someone 26 times. Or he snapped because right. he finally got so tired of everyone having all their money right. and one luxuries. thing to note about this house not that it wasn't a nice house but it wasn't like 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 then you had said yeah. they didn't keep a lot of valuables there yeah. they this family had money but they they weren't someone that you would see out and you'd be like oh yeah they're rich yeah they like some of um jill's friends said that she you know dressed just like you know a normal person it's not like she was wearing like the best designer brands and things like, like that. Not like a Kim Kardashian walking right. around. Right. Absolutely not. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. But well, and maybe, too, though, he was really making sure she's dead because he, maybe she startled him. And yeah. he was like, crap, I can't get pegged for this. And he that's why right. he stabbed her as much. Right. I mean, And he did have a baby on the way. So yeah. So maybe he, he was he, scared. Yes. I, and he had never had a baby on the way that I know of from what I heard. Well, that's. You know, you know what I mean? So maybe that's know. what made this one different. When I had a baby on the way, I didn't go around stabbing people, but that's just me. Well, yeah. I was a bitch, but I wasn't stabbing people. No. No. I don't, Not that I recall. Yeah, I did think about it, though. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> also, only one room of the home had been rifled through and nothing was taken for someone that was breaking in to steal stuff. That's strange. So even if he would have broken in and did this, like, it's weird nothing was taken. Like, maybe he just wanted to get the hell out of there. I think he got spooked and ran. I really do. So. My gut's telling me. But, okay, back to what you keep saying, though. The one thing that couldn't be explained, though, the DNA found. Yeah. Deontay's DNA had been found. How likely were the DNA markers on the knife and belt to be Deontay's? DNA experts determined more than likely anyone else on Earth. Is what they said. So something that the defense was quick to point out, that only one of the knives was found to have DNA, and that was the one outside of the front door. The knife that was in the bottom of the bathtub without his DNA was the knife that was the murder weapon. That knife only had Justin and Jill's DNA on it. I mean, it was Justin's knife from his knife collection, and Jill had given it to him. So it makes sense that those DNA would be on there, and not saying that whoever murdered... Um, Jill wouldn't have been wearing a glove, but then why would DNA be in other areas? It, so, I mean, the whole well, DNA thing is a little off. If he would explain to us how he went about killing her, we would know. Well, exactly. I mean, let's... But according to him, he didn't do it, remember, so... But... Um, so, 
more with the DNA, there was also some controversy with the lab that was doing the testing. The technicians were falsely saying that some DNA was conclusive in their findings when it wasn't. The crime lab had been using the introduction of the suspect's DNA before the analysis was done, an invalid analysis involving complex mixed DNA samples. So there were actually an there was an investigation into around 2,000 cases by the state attorney's office, um, but there was no thought linked to be um, any of the testing in Deontay's case. But it's also something to note that this place had a lot of issues with their testing. Okay. So not knowing, you know, so yeah, just something to note that this place had been investigated because of kind of their crappy handling of everything. Okay. So that's something to consider. Yep. Okay. So... Um, The prosecution pointed out that Deontay's cell phone was quiet at the exact time Jill was murdered. They also continued to point out that his DNA was at the point of entry and it was at least 3.79 octillion times more likely than that it originated from him. That's a lot of times. Okay, see, yeah. So, but I mean, if this place had DNA and someone grabbed his DNA because he had been in the system before, you know, right? Yeah. Um... Yeah. Has anyone given this guy a lie detector test? Oh, he asked for one. Did he get one? No. Why? I don't know. No, I I didn't see anything anywhere that he had. I mean, we know lie detector tests don't really. I know. They're not 100% accurate. No, but I mean. Yeah, it would would have been interesting to see what it would say. I'd like to know, like, if if he's telling the truth or not. Right. But the defense still said that the evidence didn't prove without a reasonable doubt that it was Deontay, which I get without a reasonable doubt. I mean, I still think he did. I mean, I went from thinking that originally when we started talking about this, that maybe the brother or the son had something to do with it. But based off of what I saw in the Dateline and what I'm hearing now, I just think he did it. And I think I think he got I I still think that there's some things that don't add up in it but i I, i'm still pretty 50 50 honestly and i think he's very conning like he 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 is a very um he has a great like he was a very um he's a very personable person like he he can really he's someone that can talk and like you want to listen to him you know what i mean like you can tell that in his interviews and like he's charming and he's he's, a charming guy he really is but he's he's a con artist like this is what they do he knows he He's he knows what he's doing. He steals to yep. to to give to other people to win them over to get their support. He's almost like a damn politician. Yeah, yeah. Um, one other thing to note is that Deontay, in one of his past break-ins, he did rip the security system off the wall there and put it in a oh, tub, just like Look in the Sioux that. Hmm. Um He also generally covers his hands when he commits break-ins as well. There's video evidence of him doing so at a different break-in, and he had socks on his hands. So. Yeah. On December 8th, 2021, after five days of deliberation, the jury found Deontay guilty, but on the lesser count of manslaughter, which means an accidental killing. Which, oh, come on. Which is interesting. The jury was then pulled individually to make sure that each juror was in agreement. Then one juror, the foreperson of the jury, spoke up, which rarely happens. They said they did not agree with the verdict of manslaughter after all. She said she compromised with three jurors and felt uncomfortable sending Deontay as a black man to a death sentence. So because of this, the judge declared a mistrial. 
Well, like I agree, I don't think he should get a death sentence either because there is some there's reasonable doubt. doubt. Yeah. I I think there's definitely reasonable so I don't doubt think, here. I mean, but he's also like robbing people left and right. Like I don't think sitting in jail for the rest of his life is the worst thing to happen to him. Because, right. But certainly not the death penalty. No. None. I mean, there's just too much right doubt. Unfortunately. Yep. So on January third, twenty twenty two, jury selection started for the new trial. Knowing that the evidence really didn't prove without reasonable doubt that Deontay did it, or at least that it was questionable, his escape and also him using that wired phone to try to falsify alibis was stated as proof of his consciousness of guilt. This jury found him guilty. Surprisingly, though, it said what I heard was that Jill's family asked that he not be given the death penalty. Oh, so, that's nice of them. Yeah. During his sentencing hearing, Deontay took the stand. He said, I would never take a wife from her husband. I would never take a mother from her child. They can hook me up to a polygraph test at any given time and ask me any question they wish, and my answer would remain the same. I did not kill Mrs. Sue, and that's all I have to say. And to my family, I love you. I don't want you all to cry for me. See, I think he's being conning again. I'm not saying he's not, but... Yeah. See, here's the issue. He knows that there is some doubt there, so he's never going to admit his guilt because he's going to keep trying to use this to get out of jail as much as yeah. possible. Yeah. I just can't. I can't get Justin past. then took the stand and said, the only person who knows the last words of my mother, that psychopath right there, and pointed at Deontay. Ooh. So in May 2022, he was sentenced to life in prison. Okay. Okay, good. Even if he had been given some leniency for the murder charge, he had added on decades decades of imprisonment for all his other criminal activity. Exactly. They don't really like it when you escape and also plot to um, pad your story and get others to lie for you. The criminal system ain't, ain't about that. Yeah, and yeah. your 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 job is robbing people. Right. right, and he was also guilty of two other robbery charges, many different counts for his jailhouse escape, and 37 charges for his conspiracy to create false evidence is what it a- added up to be. So, that, that, you know, did he do it? Yeah. I, I said I'm not sure. That's where I'm at. I'm, I'm not sure. To, I'm, 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 I, yes, I think he did it, and I think... I, you changed. Since I did, I did this. since we started. I was, I because I, we were talking about it. And yeah. I was all excited about you doing this case. Yeah. But no, I think he did it because okay, he comes off as a very manipulative person to me, yeah. and Absolutely. I don't disagree with that. I just think that he's not. He was not out to be a good person. I think he was out to gain control. Yeah. And I also have this horrible feeling of just what he must have been doing to people that. You know, or to break into someone's home and to take, steal from them, it's just an awful thing. Oh, it is. And in the, the people saw him, the fear they must have had. Like, I, I even without the murder, what he's lived his life doing is just terrible. And then for people to be supporting that, it just says a lot. And yeah. it's just, I don't like it. And I, I, I can't believe that people get behind a, a criminal like that. Just because they were benefiting from what he was doing. It's just, it's all disgusting. I think he did it. I think that he's just trying to get away with murder and he's going to go to his grave saying he didn't do it just yeah. because he. And there's a he, whole like justice is. for Moochie thing. Like oh, yeah, I, I said. saw it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, this one has me a little stumped. I, I can see both sides of it, you know. 
Um, you know, one thing, how would he know where the cameras were? Why wasn't his DNA on the murder weapon? If he was just there to steal items, why was nothing taken? Why was his DNA only found on the knife outside in that green belt? Why would Justin call 911 and say his mom had committed suicide when his dad had just told him that he saw a man in the house on the security footage? Um, that's why he went back to the house to go check on his mom. Um, being stabbed 26 times is a little overkill, and if the past can tell us anything, it usually means that that's kind of a personal attack. doesn't mean it is for sure, but, I mean, it, 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 that's like rage, and that's personal a lot of the time. Um, they also brought in a canine unit, and within an hour, the dog didn't pick up any track of anyone, like, leaving the house to follow anyone, which is, you know, interesting to point out, too. I mean, I'm just saying I can't say without a reasonable doubt that I agree that with the outcome of the case, but without a reasonable doubt. I'm if saying, there was a way to prove that there was an error in DNA, like retest DNA, then I would maybe change my story. But I, yeah. the DNA to me is a smoking gun. It shouldn't, if he. Yeah, if like he, why was his DNA It, it shouldn't there. be there. Regardless. Right, I get that. So that's, that's my thing. So yep. if, if they want to come up with a way to prove that he wasn't really there and that his DNA shouldn't be there, then, like, yep, I would think the son did it. Right. But. And, I mean, the only thing would be that, you know, at that testing lab, there were a lot of falsifying of things to make things be the way that they wanted it to go in cases. I don't know. And they, But they said that it wasn't in this case, but. But who knows? But yeah. who knows? So, unfortunately. Well, I mean. I mean, Deontay's in prison for life. Yeah. Um. And, you know, and he was doing wrong things. He was doing so. wrong things. And who knows that it, even if he didn't do this, let's say, that it, something more wouldn't escalate it in the yeah. future. Yeah. What he was doing um, was wrong. He's locked up because of choosing crime. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, this poor woman lost her life. Yes. And that's awful. And she sounded like she was a, a yeah. great woman. Yeah. You know, by again, by all accounts, you know, you never know for sure how someone is behind closed doors. But no. But, I mean, you know, the way that people talked about her, she was someone that had a good heart, had a good soul, and did well and met well. So. Yeah. So that's sad. Yeah. So a little bit about the house. I was not able to find hardly any information about this house because I believe that the Sioux family still lives there. Which is very odd So I would love it if there's any Florida realtors that could reach out to us because I would love... Yeah. Some more information. Maybe we could do an update. Yes. Um, so the house is 10327 Southwest 22nd Place, Davie, Florida. Um, it's a 4,892 square foot house Jeez. on 0.81 acre lot. It has like a pool, as most homes do in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. The home is currently off the market. It last sold on March 28th, 2000, which that's when they moved in, for $514,300. Based on data, it's estimated the home's value is currently around $1.5 million. So, so, like I said, as far as I can tell, the Sioux family still lives in the house. So, because it doesn't look like there's been any change of records or showing that the house has been on the market or anything since 2000. Okay, so I was just going to say I could probably look. So I watched this, um, there was an episode on oxygen 
on Florabama, Flor, Florabama Murders. It's episode seven from season one, um, Death Comes to, Comes to Davy. So that was really good. Um, there was also a great YouTube episode, um, Just Thought Lounge, JTL. It's a really great um, YouTube channel to catch up on. It's really good. He covers different murders, and he does a really good job at telling like both sides of it. I really, really thought that he did a really good job with this case. It's called The Murder of Sue Halliburton Sue. Jill Halliburton, Sue. It's star- I'm starting to read things over. It was going to say, you said Sue, really Sue, good Sue. job four times in a row just now. Too. I know. Right? And I wanted oh to be gosh. like, Molly was, it was a really, was good, a really job. good job. It was just a good job. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, just Thought Lounge is a good one to look up on YouTube. <laughs> it's a good one. It's thumbs up, is what it is. And then there were a few different uh, sources online. So. Cool. This yeah, is, this is an interesting case. I would. It's love a very to hear interesting case. What other people think? Yeah, if you wouldn't mind uh, heading to the Facebook page. Yeah, and um, we can post some photos and yep. maybe um, yep. uh, and maybe you guys can comment what you think, who did it, and your thoughts and why. That would be really cool because we're kind of split. We're right kind of split on this. Like yeah. I. I'm not saying that he that Deontay didn't do it, but I just don't think without a reasonable doubt. There's did you, and you, what did Matt think? Did you talk about this with Matt? He's kind of on my side with it okay. too. Okay, so yeah, I want to know what other people think too. So, but he also, I mean, I think he's very torn. I think he can see it both ways, and which I can too. Which so. is the best part about Matt? Because when he's confused about something, you can see him go back and forth with his opinion over and over again, like a yeah. ping pong ball. I mean, so. you know, a lot of people thought that, you know, the sun had something to do with it, too. Yeah. Which there's questions there that he had some weird behavior. So, but again, how, what would your behavior be if you were in that situation? Not good, I'll tell you that much. It would be weird, I bet. So, but yeah, yeah. so that's, that's what we got for you today. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys know the drill. Uh, if you want to hear a case, email us at home is where the murder is at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook, Home is Where the Murder Is. Join our Facebook group. Yeah. And our Instagram page. Yep. And we post different things in Facebook, um, asking for, like, you know, some interaction between yeah. our followers, too. So if there's, like, again, if there's a case you want us to cover or if you want to tell us about, you know, anything that you find or hear about that's interesting, go ahead and post it in the group. Yep. We'd love to. Absolutely. Love to chat with you. Yep. So. And, uh. Again, make sure to reach out to your realtor friends and have them connect with us so that we can start highlighting them on our shows. Yeah, that would be great. Great. All right, guys. Have a great week. Yep. Thank you. Bye.